Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. So glad that you've joined us tonight on the show for this million-dollar conversation. Jeff, DW, your host tonight. We're so excited to be with you. Dave, how you doing, man? Good. It's good to be with you and good to be with our listening guests. And Jason is back with us again tonight. And, uh, of course, it's been a busy summer. Now we're finally in the swing of things. It's already felt like school year and all the, the fall is starting to settle in. And so, Jason, I'm sure your schedule is kind of back to a normal grind, as it were. Good to have you again on the yeah. show with us. Yeah, it's. I always look forward to, to being back on here and just hanging out with you guys and talking about things. It's It's crazy how fast fall arrives. I mean, leaves are falling. Trees are changing and bears are losing. I don't know about that. Yeah, but we'll. Uh... <laughs> it all comes together. It all. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, and football. Football is in the air. So big it game is. today, as it were, and uh, you know it's one of those things. We'll definitely be playing against the Bears again in the uh... on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving this year. It's, it's nighttime Thanksgiving. They threw in an extra game. It's when they're going to retire Favre's jersey and. They're making That's a right. big hoopla about it, so yeah. That's right. So it's gonna I be a biggie now. at yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah. It is. I would just hate for for it to ruin your guys' thing. It won't ruin my thing. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no chance <laughs> that it'll ruin my thinking. Well, I'll yeah. uh, I'll send you some peeps on Thanksgiving yes. then. Well, you know me, Jason. I probably have something up my sleeve to enjoy it anyway. Probably some turkey peeps. That's right. <laughs> turkey peeps. I can think <laughs> <laughs> Do they even make oh, those? Terrible. Dave, that's another like billionaire idea right there. Uh, please. I tell you. Yeah. If they don't, they should. It's not a billionaire idea. Because that might be the thing that pushes Dave over the edge to actually eat one. Yeah, it's flop. It's a flop. I'm telling you right now. Don't do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're I, not... like, I like every food. I really do. There's only one food that I've ever not liked, and that's seal jerky. That's it. Uh, seal jerky. Seal jerky. Do you like jerky? I do. Yeah, well, you wouldn't like seal jerky. I don't. <laughs> that was the worst tasting stuff. It was from Alaska, and I am telling you, it was the worst tasting stuff. I have eaten everything else in life and enjoyed it, but not that. <laughs> You've enjoyed peeps. Uh, well, peep isn't a food technically. <laughs> it has to be a food. It has to be considered a so, food. So this is the loophole. There's you couple, almost just admitted there, there's, to enjoying. No, peeps. there's a couple things that you have to understand in life. Number one. Real foods, (laughs) real foods, like Twinkies are not real foods. That's not a real food. That's true. And and neither are Peeps. Yeah. Okay. And so, I mean, there's a category out there that's food but not food, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah. So we're going to let you, as a listening audience, figure all that out. But I, I would suggest not to live on foods that aren't foods because foods that aren't foods don't really give you the food quality of real foods. So stay away from foods that aren't foods. Say that five times fast. I won't. I'm interested. Was that seal? Was that expensive seal jerky? Was it like sushi? No, I had a friend. I had a friend bring it back for me from Alaska, and 
a friend of mine um, goes all over the world, and, and he always would bring me back really strange things because I like everything. So he would bring me back, like, fried bugs and chocolate-dipped bugs and everything else, and I would eat them and like them. And, and then oh, he just brought me seal jerky. Wow. And I'm telling you, that is the most putrid, the <laughs> most awful thing that a human being can ever think of. You have a friend for everything. I do. Is it, is it more putrid than Ludafisk? No. No. <laughs> Ludif- well, maybe. I never got Ludafisk past my nose. <laughs> so, you might, <laughs> so, you, so that might Ludifus be the thing. may not be a food. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I, I've never eaten it, so I can't say I don't like it. Okay. Yeah, I don't like the smell. <laughs> Come on. Do you know how they prepare that stuff? I don't want to know. Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay. They, they take the fish and they, they stack it on little trays in a barn and they put lye, a layer of lye, and then they put the fish in lye and, and they just let the, the lye burn it. What? So that's why it's so white. Wow. So the, the fish like has no value. I, I don't think it has any value by the time it burns to death with lye. And then they wow. take it and eat it. And you know what? Cooking it. I'm telling you, just cooking it. Maybe I should I should change my thing to rather than you eating a peep. Oh man! If the Bears win the Super Bowl, maybe you have to wear eat Lutefisk? a Lutefisk yeah. peep sandwich. Notice we say it different. You say Lutefisk, and I say Lutefisk. 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 But uh, you know what? My dad loved this stuff, so you know that's fine. But he he did confide in me once that it wasn't the Lutefisk he liked. He liked the cream that it was in. Oh. <laughs> and you know that's kind of like eating escargot. You know, I mean escargot snails. Oh, Have yeah. you ever had escargot? Yeah. Well, it's, I don't it's think in this so. great garlic sauce. It's like eating rubber bands, basically. Yeah. It, it, but you dip a rubber band in garlic sauce, you'll eat that rubber band. That's it, true. Yeah, and that's what that's what it's like. So I, I like escargot. So if I were to <laughs> if I were to dip a peep in garlic sauce, you'd eat it. Well, I doubt it because it's not a food. But it's like a sponge. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on how good it goes. All right. Hey, what we're, are we talking about today? I was going to say, where are we going? What, what where topic are we, going? are we on? Well, I'm I'm trying to figure out the price point of all of these things. I mean, the jerky, the lutefisk, the all of these things are they're delicacies. Well, how much money? would you spend on buying all these things at a store these days do you, do you honestly think peeps are delicacies <laughs> oh no no not peeps but like no fisk and escargot oh, and yeah. liver and all these really sand jerky who threw liver into this sorry <laughs> seal jerky sounds almost a little bit inhumane they're cute little seals baby seals and you make jerky out of them it's yep. it's cruel but i wouldn't do it ever again i would be on a committee to try and stop that there you go. <laughs> Not because you go. they're cute either. <laughs> no, tonight we're continuing our conversation about margin. We've talked about margin the last couple of weeks, and I think tonight we're going to kind of wrap up this conversation about living with margin. And what that means is to live a life, the different parts of our lives. We talked about some of the physical margin that we need to set up in our lives. We talked about emotional margin that we need to set up in our lives. And tonight we want to talk about financial margin. Now, I know this is one of those topics that for guys, it's easy to just tune out because let's not talk about money. I'd much rather just be worried about making money and spending money, having fun with it. I don't really want to talk about responsible spending or any of the stuff that you have to say about finances because it always seems like that's the first thing that offends people is whenever you talk about money. And uh, we don't want to have that kind of a conversation tonight. We want to talk about how to have financial margin that's healthy and that's 
not just responsible, but something that you can take with you through your life and implement in different ways in your life. Because again, one of the, one of the key components to hopeless living, people that are in a, a place of hopelessness and despair, a lot of times has to do with financial obligation or just stretching in your finances, trying to make ends meet. So many Americans today are living from paycheck to paycheck and a lot of them are miserable. Some, you know, I've found a way to be content with that, but a lot of people would say, I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. I don't want to live just barely making ends meet. If I had the option, I would want to have some money left over at the end of the month. And, but we're living a life in our Western way of living that says, if you want it, you can have it. You can get some plastic and buy it now, pay it off later. And eventually, you know, it, it, the two ends will meet. And uh, we're finding that there's a lot less margin today in finances, in the area of finances, than there were 60, 70, 80 years ago. And I think it's causing a lot of people not just stress, but to be in places of hopelessness, Dave. Yeah, you know what? I think we live in a culture of discontentment. And and really, that's another um, topic, possibly. But the idea that we're constantly looking at what somebody else has and seeing what we don't have makes you miserable. Yeah. And and you're you're constantly watching television, and what are they doing there? Showing you what you don't have. Oh yeah, exactly. Here's what you need. Your neighbors, their cars, that kind of thing. I think what we need to do is 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 kind of uh, you know back the bus up a little bit and take a look at what is it that it, is it really money that's the issue, or is it something else that's the issue? And money's just kind of the thing that we can recognize as the problem. Yeah, it's it's the catch twenty two. I mean, we all in some way we have to pay bills. We've got to bring in some kind of money and money. Jesus talked a lot about money. So we're going to talk about this more in the show tonight as well as we go. So be a part of the tweet back with us. It's a big conversation, finances, all of that stuff. If you have a thought, you can share on the tweet back on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB or jump on email. If you want to email us on the show, email us at hope at hopenet360.com. This conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW with you tonight on the show talking about financial margin. Now, this could be one of those conversations you think, whoa, wait a second. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for a finance class here. And we're not financial instructors. So the good news is we're going to have a good conversation about finances. It's going to be fun. It's lively. You can join us on the tweet back right now. We're hanging out on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. You can also follow HopeNet Radio there as well. And favorite, retweet, all those good things. We would love to connect with you tonight here on the show. Jason is also joining us on the show as well. And you know, guys, this is one of those things when, we, when anybody talks about finances, you go to a church and they're talking about money or you listen to the radio and they're talking about money again and talking about the economic status and about a month ago where there's some financial issues going on in our world and there's kind of a, a temporary panic uh, just about some things happening in the world of economics, not only here in, in America, but even overseas in Greece and other places as well. Finances have a big bearing on our life and so much of our culture today kind of talked about this a little bit. So much of our culture is based on a culture of credit where we're so used to just going into debt, 
over frivolous things. There are some things that aren't frivolous. Uh, for example, I have a mortgage on my home, and that's one of those things that I would say is acceptable to some degree. Many people have a mortgage on their home because, let's face it, not many of us can just put cash down on a piece of real estate and say, hey, this is mine right away. Usually it's it's a commitment. Yeah, let's look at a broader reason, though. Why would a mortgage be acceptable in comparison more acceptable than like a car loan. I mean, why is that different? Well, I think it's a it's got to be looked at as a long term investment versus a short term. Like if I'm if I'm buying a bunch of candy on my credit card, that's probably not a great investment. More or less, it's very temporary. I think it's a lot of times even the value you set on things um, and and what's behind it. You know, because when we talk about money, I think a lot of decisions about money it, there's a core issue behind it, and, and it's the value set. That yeah. that that gives the money value, yeah. You know, because for some people, um, buying something for some people might be a quote unquote need, and for other people it might be a want. But if you look at the value set system behind that, that's that I think is where the real discussion right. is at, because I mean, that's what drives the greed and and wanting more. Yeah, you know, First of all, real quick on the house thing, that the, the simple answer is the house is an investment that increases in value, right? And and so that that's a wiser thing to do. Right. Things that decrease in value, it's not so smart to uh, to go get loans on. But think about children growing up, uh, and children growing up in a culture where parents are absent. Mm-hmm. And why are they absent? All right. Now, if you're upset by what I say, please write Jeff and tell him that. But <laughs> if you're if if you're absent, you're absent because maybe both parents are working. And I'm not making a comment on that. I'm just saying yeah. that's why. Right. And if both parents are working mm-hmm. and you're absent, you you begin to give your kids stuff. You begin to give them stuff instead of you. Yeah. So what happens in time is that we begin to believe that stuff shows love hmm. instead of people and relationships. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because then we've got a problem in culture. Because then you grow up, and let's say you uh, get married later in life, you know, and I'm, I grew up, and, and my mom and dad were absent because they were working. And, and so instead, we went on some very nice vacations because that's how they uh, showed they loved me. They gave me a lot of toys, and they showed me love me. We got a nice TV. I mean, all that stuff. So I get older. I get married. What do I need to have in order for my spouse to show me love? I, I need good vacations, and I need mm-hmm. n- nice TVs, and I need stuff. Yeah. When you give me stuff, you're actually saying I love you to me. So we get that all messed up. One of the interesting things is to consciously get to the point in our lives, if we're going to be healthy, to say money and giving stuff has no tie to whether somebody loves me or not. Somebody who's very poor out there today, very poor, and cannot give you a gift can love you. Mm-hmm. They can love you. They can be with you. They can spend time with you. They can, they can, they can do that. But they won't be able to buy you a burger today. Right. And it has nothing to do with love. So I think we have to have an attitude adjustment in, in many ways because of the way we grew up in a culture and even more now. I think it's pretty standard in our culture that many homes have two working parents in them. Uh, just like a, a Facebook will have eventual, I think, effects on relationships and, and Twitter and, and texting, I think that two-parent working will also have an effect on uh, how we think. And I think we're starting to reap some of that a little bit. And again, I didn't say that's all evil, but I'm saying we need to recognize that because it's going to be shallow for us. And it's going to cause a lot of trouble, actually, if you keep thinking that if people can give you stuff that they love you, because that takes a lot of people who are poor and in other countries right off the map for you. Hmm. Yeah. I think one of the first myths that 
we need to look at debunking tonight on the show is really where wealth comes from. And wealth isn't just money. It's not just dollars and cents, but you know, we, you can look at assets. You can look at some of the investments that you have in your life. And so wealth overall, where does wealth come from, Dave? Well, I, you know, that's a loaded question, obviously. If, if you're talking money, which we're, we're not as far as wealth, I, then obviously it comes from Fort Knox or something. I find that I feel like I'm a, an extremely wealthy person. Hmm. I loved my parents. My dad was a very good friend, a, a confidant, and my hero. How many guys can say that? I, I feel wealthy because of that. Yeah. I always felt wanted by my family. Hmm. I always felt wanted by my parents. I feel wealthy because of that. I always had opportunities to serve and give. I feel wealthy because of that. And, you know, I, I didn't grow up, I found out, but, you know, you don't know this when you're young, but I didn't grow up in a very wealthy home. I always had something to eat. You know, my mom used to throw, I didn't know that not everybody ate casseroles with a lot of noodles in them. You know, I mean, I, I didn't know that. Uh, we did, you know, and, and that was normal yeah. for me. I didn't know some people sat down and had like meat every night and potatoes and stuff. That We had meat and potatoes on Sunday, yeah. and that, that was a special meal, mm. you know. But the rest of the week, man, it was full of bologna sandwiches, uh, oatmeal, and what my mom used to call goulash, which I think was a bunch of everything <laughs> thrown in a pot with a bunch of noodles. Yes. And, yeah. and you know, I'm not really sure what that was. But with two boys, I mean, that's what, yeah. that's what you did. Yeah. And uh, um, so, I, you know, I, I think wealth, when you think about it, if you're trying to pursue it, um, you're not really trying to pursue wealth. What you're trying to pursue is the feeling you think you're going to get from it. Mm, right. And and the wealth itself will never give you that feeling. The money won't. Right. But the people will. Just because I think when it comes to money, it, it's almost if you have that mindset where money will give you the wealth, that feeling that you want, you'll never get enough. Right. You know, you'll always want more to try to satisfy, you know, either what somebody else has or something you want. Yep. Um, and that's the interesting thing about money. You know, is it, it if if that's what you value, you can never get your hands on enough. Yeah, you go to the culture of discontent again. Yeah. I mean, is it hard for people that are listening? It's hard for either you guys when you see somebody who who just is maybe the word fortunate. They just get they have these really nice things, and it was given to them. And are you genuinely happy for them, or do you? Is your first thought, I wish that would happen to me? Mm-hmm. See, I mean, that's that's telling yeah. right there. You know, it, instead of thinking, you know, I, I, I had a friend who gave me a truck recently, and it's not that prize of a truck. It's got over 200,000 miles on it, et cetera. It's a nice truck, though. And I don't know how many guys that I talked to that said, yeah, my buddy gave it to me. And they're going, well, <laughs> I could use a truck like that. That's the first response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I very seldom had somebody come up to me and go, hey, that is so good. I am so happy for it. You don't see that. Mm-hmm. That's because we're in a culture of discontent. And they're thinking, boy, how come I didn't get a truck right. given to me like that? Why doesn't that ever happen to me? Yeah, right. why, don't, why doesn't that ever? I went through that in ministry. When we started the year-round work here at Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute, there were so many times I went to other camps and I thought, and they were showing me, this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. And I would leave sometimes and just be angry with God. and say, God, how come they're getting all this stuff and we're not? I had it all messed up. I had it all messed up. It, it, that, that has nothing to do with wealth and it has nothing to do with blessing stuff doesn't have to do with blessing and i know we're just opening all kinds of worm cans of worms here but it doesn't Uh, the real blessed and the real wealthy are those who truly love and those who are loved 
And I want to ask you about that when we come back, Dave, because that is, it's an important distinction, how we view money and how we view where wealth comes from. I mean, the first thing that we have to understand is our foundation, where wealth comes from, where even our finances come from. It doesn't come from our own hard work because, you know, I could fall ill and I could be laid up for weeks, months. And like many people I know my age, if you're laid up for that long, your health insurance might not be that great. You might not have enough money in the bank to cover that. Eventually, the money is going to run out. It's not going to bring you the security that you thought it would based on your own hard work alone. So we're going to talk about this more on the show. Connect with the live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Connect with us on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Also, see you at the poll is coming up a week from Wednesday. So if you're a student and you've never heard about see you at the poll, stop by HopeNet360.com. There's a link there for see you at the poll. And it's it's the greatest student-led movement, one of the biggest student-led prayer movements in the nation and around the world. Students from all over gather at their flagpole in the morning on that Wednesday morning, and they pray for their school, for their leaders, their district officials, uh, their state and local officials as well, government, and also our national government as well. So check out HopeNet360.com for details on See You at the Poll. And uh, I'm excited for it. I always love See You at the Poll time of the year. And I always love students who will not just go with the flow of culture and just like we're talking about tonight, find a way to match everybody else, compare themselves to other people, but they live with their faith in front of them and guiding their every decision and asking God how they would have them to live their life and not just live the way they want to live. So tonight, Jeff, DW, Jason with you. We're talking about financial margin. And what we mean by this term, if you're new, if you're just joining us on the show, financial margin is setting up a gap or at least a a place from a financial point of view that you have money left over in the bank at the end of the month, or you've got, uh, you're not just looking to the world stuff and buying things that are frivolous and then wondering why you're miserable at the end of the month when the money is low or the money is tight and you still can't seem to figure out why it's not bringing you that satisfaction that you were looking for in your life. I think Dave, we have to look at money in a different way. We've talked about this before on the show, But for so many of us, and me included, I'm included in this just as much, that I get so, I'm so guilty of trying to look at my money and my resources as a way to bring me satisfaction. And Dave, you talked about it even from a camp perspective where you'd go and see what somebody else had and you're like, man, God, why don't I have that? I need to have that. That's what's going to make my life better. We get so convinced of this in our daily lives in in a lot of different ways. Talk about this a little bit. What was your, what was the turning point to you for that? Well, that's a mentality we all have. I I think you all think if, if I had a better house, a better car, my life would be better. And then you extend it. Unfortunately, if I had a better wife or a better husband, if I had a better dog, if I had a better, <laughs> you know, football team, which you can, Jason, you can. And if, 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 if I had a better, whatever it might, yeah, whatever. We keep thinking that way when that's not true. Let, let me ask you this. Why does God give us resources? Why, why does he give it to us? Jason, why, why would he give us resources? I would say so that we can, utilize it 
to okay. bring him glory. All right. So you didn't say, now that's your theological answer. Sure. Okay. You didn't say, so that I could be self-indulgent. Right. Because you know that that wouldn't fly. Right. So if God made us, and we know that he made us to be caring for others and caring for his kingdom work, Mm -hmm. then the resources he gives us. Right. Now, some people might think he doesn't give us resources, that we earn them ourselves. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not thinking that through very well. The, the reason you have health today, the reason you're born in the United States, the reason you are is not up to you. Yeah. That, that is really up to God. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's he's the one that blesses us with that. What I find is if I go back to the very simple foundational brick and say, okay, God, here's what I know for sure. The money you have given me, mm-hmm. you did not give me so I could be self-indulgent. It, that would be greedy. That would be you didn't give it to me for that. Mm-hmm. So what did you give it to me for? You gave it to me, as Jason said, so that I could... Because everything in life is about showing the world who you are and help make others successful in their lives. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have the money. Now, in that process, uh, you put everything in the scriptures together so you can see the whole picture. If you don't work, you don't eat. Right. So part of the money is obviously God's given to you so that you could provide for others, your family, your, you know, so you do. We need clothes and we need a house. We need, in our culture, you need to, you know, have a car. You need, I understand that. So that's part of why God gave you the resources, because you live in a culture that needs that. Um, if you're living in uh, some third world country and you don't need that stuff, you might not get that provided for because mm-hmm. you really don't need it. Nobody uses them. And that would be silly you know, to have it. Right. But in our culture, you do. So so when you start thinking of, OK, first of all, you know, why is it God gives me what I have? And second question I like to ask is, can I be satisfied with what God gives me? Can I be satisfied? Because when I'm not satisfied with what he gives me, what am I doing? Complaining. I, I'm actually saying, God, you don't know what you did. Yeah. You know, and now I'm becoming very discontent. Now, this is hard to talk about in a short radio program because what some people hear is that, oh, yeah, see, so I should be satisfied because I don't have much. But the reason a person may not have much is because they're already greedy. They're already thinking or they've already mismanaged what they have. Yeah. yeah. That, I'm not saying that mismanagement is, is a blessing of God. Right. Um, for example, if if I handed you right now, Jason, um, uh, $10, if I handed you $10, what would your thought be if I handed you $10? Why are you giving this to me? Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and then there it's like, all right, now what should I do with this? Yeah. Okay. Now, is that what we do with the money that God gives us? That's, yeah. Why so, are you giving it to me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What should I do with it? Yeah, yeah. How I, simple is that? Yeah. I mean, some people go, "Oh, good, I'm going to go buy a you know a double Happy Meal." You know, right. <laughs> okay. Right. You know, w- what if this? Let's just play a scenario out here for a second. What if Jason, um, God gave you the resources today for a crisis that you were going to face a year from now, mm. and He is setting you up so that when the crisis comes, you can meet the need. Yeah, but you didn't pay attention. So you spent it on uh, double Happy Meals for a year. And at the end of the year, you're about four times the size that you used to be. <laughs> and, and the crisis uh, was there and you didn't have anything. Now you go to God and you say, God, why don't you meet my needs? And God's going, I did. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that's part of it that, that we don't focus on is the responsibility aspect of knowing what, you know, trying to figure out, all right, God, you've blessed me with these things. Help me to responsibly be a good steward of the money that you gave us. Right. Yep. You know, because if we have it, we want to spend it, mm-hmm. I think, right. a lot of the time. Well, go back to, I mean, the mentality of, 
Uh, a, a lot in the evangelical world say, you know what, um, I give 10%, and that's good. You should. I mean, I'm all for it. But but then we think that we own 90% of it. Yeah. So I, I think you have to adjust your attitude to, no, God, you own 100% of this. 100% of it's yours. Mm. Now, if you think that a loving father is not going to want to take care of you with that, yeah. you're wrong. I have children. I, if I came to my kids and said, you know what, 100% of my money, you know, uh, one day it's yours, inheritance, that kind of thing. But even until then, guess what? I want to help you. So I want to help you with college, and I want to help you with getting a career going. And I want to help. I want to do that. I'm your parent. I'm, you know, I want to. Yeah. So it's not weird to have that happen. God, God wants to care for us. The, the deal is it's all his. Yeah. And, and then you have to do with what you just said. You have to look at it and go, why did you give it to me? Some people uh, can make a lot of money doing things that are interesting. Mm-hmm. Some people can do things and dedicate themselves like a Mother Teresa. Yeah. And make nothing. Now, making money is not the qualifier of what's important. It's so true. The way we look at money, the way that we use money, the way that we view it. I think the second half of the show, we've got to talk about some practical ways. How do we look at wealth? And there's a there's a many a great story in the Bible we can look at. We can look at the the guys that were given the talent, the parable of the talent, the three different guys and the way they use their money and their resources. Uh, the reality is, is we are given the money that we have, the finances, the, the wealth, not just for ourselves, but that we're entrusted with something that's not our own and that we need to use it in a way where we're using it for what it's intended for. So we're going to talk about this and more in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Join us for that. You can also jump on the tweet back and be a part of this conversation anytime. Use the hashtag HNRTV, and the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of this conversation tonight, remember you can subscribe to the podcast at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for joining us tonight on the show. Jeff and DW with you tonight. Jason's in studio with us. We've been having a great conversation about financial margin. So we've been on a, a series about margin, not margarine. I know we talked about that a couple weeks ago. It's not margarine. We're not cooking with margarine. Don't get grossed out tonight on the show. We're going to have a great conversation still about financial margin in our life. And Dave, in the break, we were chatting about something that I think is distinctive. And one of the things that I think goes into talking about financial margin is the perception of finances from what I would say is maybe closer to your generation, the elder generation of our our nation right now, and kind of the ongoing baby boomers and they're hitting retirement age. There's a difference in value. There's a difference in perception of our finances. And there are in today's teenagers and young adults. And even now into our booming millennial generation, we view money in many different ways. Talk to us a little bit about what you've seen, um, even from a perspective of just going out and eating, doing something fun with the family. How did you see that when you were a kid and, and a young adult to where you see generations of today? Well, you know what? If we went out to eat when I was a kid, it was an extremely rare occasion that was extremely uh, a special thing. Uh, it just really didn't happen very much. And, um, 
you, you never got expensive things if you went out to eat. You just didn't do that. The, the most, the biggest treats we had is stopping for some of those uh, tasty freeze ice cream things or something like that. But e- each generation learns from the one that went before. I, I'm not sure how many millennials actually know somebody uh, and, or, or are friends with somebody who went, who lived in the depression or during the depression era. Uh, I actually, in my generation, we knew many who lived through the depression and they taught us a lot of things. They taught us how to live without things. They they weren't quite as frivolous on some of the things that they bought. And I know my dad for many years um, during the Depression had to – they ate lard sandwiches because that's all they could afford and they needed protein. They would get bread, cheap bread, he said, and they would go buy lard and they would just spread it on there, put the sandwich on and pretend it was a really steak you know, sandwich. And when you do that in life, I mean you have a different perspective as you get older. Yeah. You don't waste as much money and you don't go so quickly spend it because if you learned anything from the depression, what, what you would learn is that here today, and I understood that one of my relatives was a millionaire and, and after the depression hit, after the stock market crashed, he was broke. Hmm. And so there was nothing left. Yeah. So one day you're here, the next day you have nothing. And, and they knew that. And so they lived with that kind of mentality a little bit. I think that the generation right now, your generation, uh, Jason and Jeff, you don't think that it could change quickly. So you're not living that way because you think that it's going to stay this way. I actually have a little different mentality. I'm I'm just pushing 60, so I'm not ancient, ancient. But, you know, one of the things I've done is try and stay out of debt Mm -hmm. because if things change quickly, those who are out of debt are the rich people because you don't know anybody. Um, I've also tried to... um, uh, get things like in my life that would last a long time now because it's like if things change, I will have these things. They'll be paid for already. So I'm thinking future when I do things. Yeah. I'm not just thinking right now. I'm thinking how can this – in my house, I have it set up where I actually heat by wood most of the house. But I actually have three different wood places that I can heat the house with hmm. because if something happens where we can't afford to heat, I can do it with wood. You know. So w- when you start – Thinking differently like that, it's harder to go to like a restaurant and just throw down a bunch of money on something today, knowing that, you know, this may all be gone tomorrow. What, what do I have as far as preparation for tomorrow? Well, I think you, you underlined a key issue with, with money is that I think a lot of the, the dilemma is that we want to use money for the instant gratification. I mean, even for the simple things, whether it's food or, or you know, toys or, or different things like that. You know, I mean, look at how many, you know, fast food restaurants we have in the world, you know, and rarely do they go out of business. Why? Because people need to eat. And fast. And fast, you know. But imagine if if we were to take that money and and cook ourselves. Now, well, maybe I don't know how to cook. Oh. You know, but, you know, you could probably learn how to. But besides that, it's, it's not that, you know, going to those places here and there is wrong. You know, it's just the mentality, like you were saying, you invest in the things that last. Rather than saying, you know what, I want this here yeah. and now. And I think it's finding that balance saying, you know, I need to be responsible to God's given me so that I can be effective both now and in the future with the resources yeah. that I have. And that's, I think that's what we don't, especially my generation, I don't know if we think about that yeah. all the time. Because you will have a future. Right. But we don't, we don't necessarily plan on that. Just because I have a job now with a salary doesn't mean that, you know, 30 years from now, I'm going to have a job with a salary. It doesn't mean a year from now you exactly. are. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think one of the hard things, one of the things that's frustrating for me, it's not necessarily that 
we don't take our responsibility with money seriously. I think there are many young adults that want to be responsible with their finances, but I think there's a perception though of the things that I need versus they're just things that I want. Right. And, yeah. and I think that we get so focused on the temporary. And another thing that frustrates me, and I've bought into this myself, is our leniency with debt. And Dave, you brought up debt. I think it's it's an important thing to talk about. It's uncomfortable to talk about because so many of us have history and we've we've had a relationship, an intimate relationship with something plastic, and that would be our credit card. And where we've been so just we bend over backwards. We'd rationalize every single big purchase or even small purchase that we just throw on this credit card and we live a life of debt. Yeah. And it, it's like that gives us significance. If I have you know, I have to, to bring in $3,000 a month because my bills are that much. So it's like it, it rationalizes why I need to work. I wouldn't work if I didn't have debt, right? We just get caught yeah. in the cyclical thinking that my debt is what drives me to keep working. It's what yeah. drives me to do what I do. Instead of it being that I want to live, you know, I want to give, I want to experience fullness. Fullness of life does not come through debt. It doesn't come through having to make payments every month. I mean, that it seems kind of crazy to me, but this is how we live. This is how our generation has become. You, you know what? You, you have to be very careful. I, I always suggest, and this is a rule I had when, when I was young, the minute, the, the first time I didn't make a payment on my credit card when I should, cut it up. Hmm. Yeah. And so I've had a credit card since college, and I'm, I'm, like I said, 59 years old, and I've had a credit card since college, and I've never paid debt on it. Yeah. So if you can't live that way, if you can't have a budget and a plan and use a credit card within that system, don't have one. Yeah. They have, you know, I was telling Jason the other day, I've never been to an ATM machine. I don't have a debit card. Just, you know, I, I, the money, we have a plan, we have a budget. My wife works that budget for us. We keep on it. And, uh, and I only use a credit card because she can track me better on what we actually spent and, and right. ask me what we do. So that's how we do it. But we don't go into debt. We just don't do that. And I think, you know, and I, I've heard people talk about this too, going off what you said. I think that sometimes if you see what you're spending more, you actually spend less. Right. You know, and I think that's part of the reason why even, like, say your parents, like everything was cash. Right. And so you'd have to hand over cash and, you know, so this is right. something you worked for mm-hmm. and you're handing it out of your hands. Whereas now you just swipe or flash yep. or, yep. you know, it automatically takes it away. Yeah, from you, you don't think it's have, actually there. And you don't even yep. see it. I saw a kid once, you know, a young so, kid say, I need to get me one of those cards. Yeah. And I just laughed because it was like. Because you That's think it's cool. magic. Yeah, you go into places, right. you flash that card, you can go into to stores, you can get food, you can go to restaurants, you just show them this card, yep. and you get everything. So there's a lot of young kids growing up thinking that that's what you do. Yeah. That, that They don't understand that money backs it, just right. like... Just like they don't understand that the heat in the house is paid for, or the air conditioning, or the right. the gas in the car. I mean, it, it, those are things that, as you get older, you go, wait a minute, this takes up a chunk of my bill. Right. Unbelievable. You know, and I even notice that in my life, when I have cash in my wallet, and I'm checking out at Walmart or whatever, and say it's $22, you know, I got a 20 and a 10, it's like, man, yeah, I got to break that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if I grab my card and swipe it, Right. No I don't problem. think twice yeah. about Akuna it. Matata, right. man. You know, I mean, it's just different. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, and that's it's so true. How we how we view money, even from a generational perspective. That's why on this show we encourage conversations, and we believe they save lives because we actually are coming to understand how things work. So have a conversation tonight, and this conversation will definitely continue. Remember to check out the show notes tonight on the show. Visit hopenet360.com and find the show notes there. Uh, tonight we're going to post some links, not only about finances, but ways to help with some of these things. So we talked about getting out of debt. We talked about how to make wise choices financially so that you can build margin into your life. And so we're going to talk about this more. Check out the show notes at HopeNet360.com. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. It's HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. Jeff and DW with you tonight. Jason in studio with us, having a great conversation. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Jump on the tweet back tonight. If you haven't connected with us yet and you've got a thought, you've got something to share, got a question for us, you can tweet us right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB on Twitter. It's the HopeNet Radio tweet back. And we'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. You can also shoot us an email at any time at hope at hopenet360.com. So guys, we've been chatting a little bit, a lot of bit about financial margin. The perspectives are, are vastly, I think they're, they're pretty different as far as the young generation and the older generation. A lot of you guys, you talked about this, Jason. I'm so glad you brought up the way that we even view money. Um, we get so used to these credit cards, the plastic, you could, you can now pay with your phone. It's like you no longer have to face the reality of money passing from your hands. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's in the bank. Yeah, it's in the bank. Yeah, it's in the bank. And you just keep making checks and, and payments. And next thing you know, there's no margin in your life. You, you don't even need to have checks anymore. You don't. Yeah. No, you don't. And here's a question. You know, if you're to ask, you know, the generation of a coming, how do you balance your bank account. Yeah. Balance what? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, like what exactly. does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I thought was freaky? My my daughter, we gave her a check. She took a picture of it and ripped it up. Yeah, exactly. I said, what are you doing? Well, she yeah. said, it's in the bank or I said, get out of town. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's how weird I am. I'm, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Yeah. You don't even go to the bank? Yeah. No, dad, get with it. Uh, uh, okay. I got to start taking pictures of things. So we'll look out because, Jason, if you have a checkout, I'm taking a picture. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know where it goes, but I'm taking one. There you go. I hope it goes right where I want it to. Yeah, no kidding. Can I take a picture of somebody's $1,000 bill? I'll see, or one of those big checks. <laughs> yes. Big cardboard checks. Can I take a picture of that? I, I want to start playing with this thing. I was going to say, we can make our own big cardboard You see check. how yes. easy it is to misunderstand why somebody thinks uh, you know a credit card is... Yeah. You know, money. No, I'm thinking just take a picture of a, you know, Franklin. You know, we'll, we'll be okay. <laughs> we have no idea how this works. Yeah, I, I think it's even important just to keep in perspective how much you use money. Because I think there's things in our everyday lives that, that we put money towards that we don't realize how much money we're putting towards. Right. You know, so, for example, I have a cell phone. It costs money to have a cell phone. Right. It just doesn't happen. Right. You know, I have a house, you know, so not everybody listening. My, and your wife my has a house. cell phone? You know, my wife has a cell phone. Yeah. It's starting to get cool, you know, and, and the house doesn't heat itself. And you're talking right. about wood heat. Well, I live in town, so we, uh, you know, right. that, we got to heat it. You know, somebody turns the dial, 
You right. know, I remember as a kid wanting it warmer. My dad's like, no, we're keeping it at yeah, 68. Yeah, don't turn the dial. You know, and th- that's there. You know, and there's, you know, TV. You know, there's people that have satellite. You know, we just have, you know, typical antenna, nothing fancy or anything. And just enough to get, you know, the Bears when they beat the Packers. Yeah, there you thing. go. <laughs> yeah, so you have nothing. You know, but we have all these things that that are are just part of our everyday lives, but we don't realize how much money it goes towards. I mean, even watching TV, like you said earlier, look at how many ads are on there. Right. And and of those ads, even how many ads are about cell phones. Right. Because they know how much money is being spent on cell phones. Yeah, every generation seems to have their must-have list. Right. I understand that you have to have a car in our culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, guess what? Depending on where you live. Yeah, Yeah, but guess what? Cars are a losing proposition, and right. you have to have one. Right. Somebody's making a lot of money off that. Oh, yeah. Uh, cell phones now have gotten into that category. Oh, yeah. So, well, not only that, you have to have the latest and right. greatest. So, so that's interesting. What level cell phone? Right. Computers have gotten into that category. Yeah. So you start looking at, okay, I got to go out to eat at restaurants where I spend too much. I have to have a cell phone. I have to have a car. I have to pay rent. Yeah. You add all those things up. Your generation millennials will come to me and say, I don't know how I could ever get a house. I can't get a down payment. Yeah. Mm. Yep. No, you can't because right. you're spending more than a down payment mm-hmm. right. on all these other things that you must have. Yeah. Right. You really have to start deciding what you're going to spend money on. Maybe you need to get a flip phone and they just LOL to death. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's. I'm a guy that still heats his house with wood. Yeah. So. Yeah. I actually built a house that I could afford right. the time that we needed one. It was smaller than I would have built and smaller than I even would like even maybe when my kids were growing up. Now that my kids are gone, it's too big. So it's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, you, you got to realize that you have to live within a plan and a budget. And, mm. and you don't have to have all the latest and greatest stuff. I still, you know, my cell phone... Because maybe I'm a bad example, but I'm keeping it right now until it wears out. I, I, right. I found out my daughter was getting X amount back because she's done. She could get a new phone, mm. and she's not. So the company's giving her money back. I'm going. I want to get there. Yeah. I want them to give me money. Yeah. You know, yeah. for this phone. But I, I understand that there are there are certain things that people have to have. Right. But in the in the process, you're destroying the future of being able to do other things because you have to have that now today. Yeah. So, Dave, where does someone start? We talk about budget and we're talking about this uncomfortable word again called discipline. And I know it's uncomfortable, but discipline will bring you hope in your life if you just allow it to happen. Because we're actually all supposed to live in some ways. We're, we're wired to have boundaries. We need to have boundaries in our life. We need to learn how to set boundaries in our life. Well, where do we start with our finances? What, is, what does Scripture have to say about this? You know, I think you have to go back and, and anchor it all on who... Who is God? Do you know who he is? Do you love him? Do you trust him? If you don't trust him, you don't know him. And I want to encourage our, our listeners, go to Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and read it. I would like you to read Matthews 5, 6, and 7 at least every day for a week and understand what God is saying about blessing and understand what he's saying. This is Jesus talking. And in Matthew 6, he even goes and he says, look, don't be anxious about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, all those basics. He says, don't worry about that. Instead, seek God. Seek, it says in Matthew 6, 33, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. What that means, by the way, the word righteousness, all his equity, all the things that are fair about God and right. Guess what? As you seek God, he's your father. He'll provide for you. One of the things that, that we have to learn is to be content with what we have mm-hmm. while we move forward and, and look to what 
yet can happen, both in our lives um, and in our financial lives and everything else. But being content with where we're at because we have a Father who gives it to us. Uh, now, the other thing I would encourage people to do is have a plan. If you don't have a plan, then you're really planning to fail. You really are. Uh, a budget is something that's very simple. You have this amount coming in. You know you have this kind of bills. Now you know what you can spend and what you should spend. Yep. And, 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 and another basic thing to just put down is what we talked about earlier segment. And I encourage you, if you've missed the program so far, to go get it and podcast it. But when I handed Jason 10 bucks. You know, what, what did we do? What did, his question was, why do I have it? What should I do with it? Yeah. That, that's a good question. Yep. Um, and, and I think one of the, the final things as far as just in summary kind of thing is realize why you work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't work for money. The Bible's very clear, and I encourage you to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. You don't work for money. But all of you should work or you don't eat. Mm-hmm. And, and the bottom line there is some of you are going to be maybe professional football players and you're going to make way more than you actually need. Mm-hmm. Some of you are going to be, you know, Mother Teresa's or whatever, and you're going to make way less than you actually need. Yeah. So, so what, what you do is you look at it and say, you know, if you're making way more than you need at whatever job you're at that God's put you at, be generous. Yeah. And if you're making less, you know, um, don't complain. Mm-hmm. And and those are the the two things. Those are some of the summary points that I would hit for people. But mostly, go back to Matthew five, six, and seven. Let God speak to your heart on it. If you have been in financial chaos recently, check out tonight's show notes at hopenet 360com We're posting some links there of some tools and some resources that we think would be great to go and check out to start bringing margin back into your finances. And you know, also for young people who are just branching out and getting a job, or you've had a job and you have not you you can look at your bank account and say well i've you know 10 bucks to my name right now because i've spent everything else it's so important young people listen to me i know this world is built on debt i'm in this younger generation still the millennial generation which tends to think if i have money in my bank account i can go buy that flat screen tv i can go buy x y or z and it will bring significance into my life if you want to live differently than your friends will when they graduate college or even graduate high school, you've got to plan differently for it. You can't just expect money to be there if you don't make a plan for money to be there. You can't have margin in your life if you don't have a plan to have margin in your life. So check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will wrap up when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show tonight. Glad that you've joined us here on HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, Jason, wrapping things up with you. Guys, it's been a lot of, it's been a hard conversation because, again, for many guys even, this isn't a popular thing to talk about. For many of us, we have financial problems, if you will. Some are, I don't make enough money. Some are, I make too much money. Some are, everybody's always hitting me up for money. Some are, I'm in so much debt that I don't know what to do with anymore. And I might as well just go broke and call it even and just be done with it. So financially, this is, it, it's a big deal in our world. It's a big deal. Even as Americans, we are among the wealthiest. We've got to be 
everybody in America has to be close to the top 20% of global wealth. And even if you make a hundred bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month, you're still, you're making quite a bit more than many of the other people in the world today. Even our standard of poverty is one of those that is higher than, you know, many other cultures around the country. So or around the world. So we, we can't fully comprehend just the wealth that we do have at our disposal even at the the poorest of poor in our in our world today. And I'm not saying that poverty is not an issue. Poverty is definitely an issue in America and we shouldn't be overall I think one of the messages on the show tonight is we're saying we we should not be self-centered with our finances. And yet we are. And what it's ended up doing to us is it's caused us to live without any margin in our life. We're we're not great at giving. Although the millennial generation studies are starting to show that the millennial generation likes to give and they like to give not just through their workplace or people that they work for and just, you know, text a dollar. They actually like to give financially to causes and things that are matter to them. So in a way, there's some generosity among our young generation today. But some of the things that we've talked about on the show are there's a lot of there are negatives to finances. There's always going to be a, a time to use our finances for our own gain. And so tonight we want to leave on a message of hope and not talk about how it's all just a mess and we're all in debt messes. We're all in financial messes. How do we start to live our life and take some steps toward living a life with financial margin, you guys? Yeah, I think again, I, I you know, I just always go back to the foundational brick, the whole purpose for life and then the whole purpose for finances. You know, the purpose for life, God gives us life so that we can love him, obey him, and that we can and make other people successful. That's why he gave us life. And and we are showing the world who he is. And so you got to start there. And if you're not doing that, if you're not starting there, there's no way to go anywhere. I mean, if, you, if you're trying to manage feelings and money and, and this compared to that, that's not going to work. So the, the very first thing, is you need to understand why you even have life, why you're here. Uh, the, the second thing, obviously, is to respond to the grace of God, the mercy of God, and being God's family. Because if you're listening today and you don't know that you're in God's family, you don't know that God is your father, you need to go to hopenet360.com and talk to a life coach because that's the critical issue. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that we could be in his family, so that he could be our father. And our father then can guide us on what we do. And if you don't have that guidance, that's too bad because you need it. And, and, and so not only do you need the guidance, but you need to understand your father has everything. So once you settle these things and then you realize that, that the reason your father gives you things and it's endless that he has, but he gives them to you so that you can use them for showing the world who he is and helping others become part of the family and helping others around you and not for self-indulgence. He did also give it to you to meet your needs, but needs and wants that you got to sort out. And, and, and we are encouraging people to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and get that sorted out. Yeah, and I think with anything else that we that we talk about when it comes to behaviors and how we adjust our behavior to align with, you know, loving God and loving others, it takes intentionality, you know. So when it comes to money, it's not just going to start being, you're not just going to start being responsible without doing anything. It'll take effort. It'll be difficult at times. But if you're intentional about it, you, you go through, you know, the process of just applying those principles are, you know, how can, what do I, what should I do with this money? Why did God give me this money? You know, all of a sudden you could, you could get further with it. You know, even for those of you listening who might have tons and tons of school debt, you know, it's a real thing. And if you want to get out of debt, you know, it takes intentionality to do that as well. And maybe it's, it's sacrificing too. 
you know, yeah, yeah, it's not wrong necessarily to go out to McDonald's and grab a burger here and there. Um, but if it's something that that's preventing you to be a, an effective person with the gifts that God has given you, then maybe, maybe it is, is something that you should call into question. And those are, those are the, the things that as we talk about this and, and putting margin financially, financial margin into your life, that's where you need to start. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of tools out there on the internet. You know, if you don't know how to use a budget, you know, just type in, how do I do a budget on Google? Yeah. And there, there's going to be thousands of resources that can help you, help you get ready to budget. And so don't, don't let the excuses keep you from being an effective Jesus follower and using the gifts that he's given you in this sense, the money that he's provided for you for reaching others and loving him all the yeah. more. And not only that, if you don't do this well, what happens is your, your money becomes something that dictates to you what you do because right. you're in debt and you have, to, you have to do that. And that's what God warns against. Right. Don't be in that kind of debt. Where, where people can now determine what you do, when you do it, and how you do it because of the debt that you're in. You don't want to be there, so start working towards getting out of there. And there are a lot of different resources you can go to learn how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite ones, and some are fans of this guy and some are not, but I found Dave Ramsey to be a great guy to go and just find some resources from. And especially if you're a youth leader, I would even consider having a session with your teens and to go through some of their materials. I mean, this is stuff that... I wished that I went through more of as a young person. Sometimes you think, well, teens don't really understand money. They don't really care. They just, you know, they have money. Their parents give them money and they just go off and spend it. And man, I I think there's one thing that really is not helping our young people. It's a gift of money without any kind of help with the responsibility that comes from it, how to be a steward of that. And it's just that just that basic question that you guys asked on the show is, okay, I've got this money. Now, what do I do with it? I think that's such an important question. If you're at home tonight and you guys are sitting around and having a conversation and you're starting to think about, you know, all the money that I have in my bank account, that the biggest question that's looming out there is, okay, you've got this money. What am I supposed to do with it? I can guarantee you one thing. It's not to go out and, and to go and buy what everybody else is buying. It's not to go out and, and buy stuff that your friends have because you think it's going to bring you security, significance, um, and a way to just be valuable in their eyes. Look, the reality is our culture is built on debt. It's built on convenience, and it's built on one that says if you don't have what you want now, just go out and get it. Someone is going to pay for it eventually. So whether it's you or it's your parents or it's your grandma, it's your uncle, somebody else is going to do it. And we can't have that mindset. That's not something that you can actually build upon. Eventually, it's going to catch up with you. Eventually, you're going to get in a point that some of us are at in our own lives that say, man, I am miserable. I'm up to debt in my to my eyeballs. Like this is just not this is not one of those things that I want to live with all my life. And yet, We've built ourselves into a tower of debt, and that's all we see. Now every every dollar that comes in is already accounted for. It's already going out. And then we're miserable, so we think, well, I just got to go out and buy a new dress, or I got to buy you know a new suit, or a new, I don't know, accessory for my phone, or a new phone itself, or a television, something that's going to fulfill that desire for pleasure because, man, debt is not pleasurable. Debt is not something that I really just smile every time I think about all the, the money that I owe somebody else. And that's what our culture is built upon. So I just I want to encourage you tonight, if you're at a point where you feel like you are absolutely hopeless, there's no hope for the debt that you have in your life, maybe you've made poor financial decisions in your life, number one, I just want to encourage you, God hasn't left you. He's not given up on you. He's not turned his back on you because you don't make enough money or because he thinks that 
you're completely irresponsible with that. No, God loves you as a child of his, and that's first and foremost. And so I just I want to encourage you with that tonight. If you're dealing with that feeling of guilt or condemnation for having things that, you know, you've just been regretting in life, let's face it, we regret some of those things in our life. God has an answer for you. He wants to show up in your life in a real way. Talk to a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. They would love to talk to you about this and this reality in your life that God doesn't leave us because we make poor investments. Now, we can make poor investments. He wants to help you to make wiser decisions in your life. And so he wants to help you with that. We'd love to talk with you about that. Check out tonight's show notes as well at HopeNet360.com. There's some great links, some great resources there that can help you to kind of start to sort this stuff out. And especially if you're a new college student, this would be a great asset for you just to go in and learn along with the other books that you're hitting this semester as well. And of course, if you're a teenager and you're thinking about this, you're thinking about a new job, you want to get ahead of the game, a great place to go there, HopeNet360.com. So for all of us here on the show, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you guys online. And next week. Bye. Later.